Hello, this is Pizzicato Ost, and I am Leo Javetsky. Today, we discuss a recording that is very dear to me since I was a kid. Um, my dad would play some phrases from this almost daily, along with hours of scales. This was his inspiration and totally unreachable pinnacle. And I've soaked it in deeply ever since. It is the Mozart Horn Concertos, or you can say Concerti, played by Dennis Brain with the Philharmonia Orchestra under Herbert von Karajan. Now, for us in the 20th century, the notion of a concerto for horn is rather unusual. We mostly know the piano, the violin, and the cello as being the solo concerto instruments. The only ones that might ring a bell, except the Mozart, are the two horn concertos by Richard Strauss, composed with a phenomenal distance of almost 60 years apart from each other in 1883 and 1942. Here is the hero of our show, Dennis Brain, playing a movement of Strauss's second horn concerto on a recording from 1957, 15 years after the premiere of the work.
was the third movement from Richard Strauss's second horn concerto played by Dennis Brain with the Philharmonia Orchestra under Wolfgang Savalisch. In our times, the horn is a distinguished and respected instrument in the symphony orchestras. There are some great solo horn passages in the big symphonic works. Let's hear a few to get a feel of the, that warm and strong sound that this instrument has. So the more classical view of the horn or the horns as a group is as a hunting instrument. Here's a highly recognizable snippet. It's the horn trio from Beethoven's third heroic symphony. Now, then there's the beautiful solo in Brahms's first symphony. And how about this beautiful short horn duo in Mahler's first symphony that sort of takes us to heavenly realms. Mahler had a uh, special love for this instrument. Let's say almost the entire third movement of his fifth symphony, 
hangs on the chops of the horn section. Um, in fact, all his orchestral work uh, pays the horn section very handsomely with really juicy, beautiful solos. And um, here's the famous solo, um, the famous horn solo in Richard Strauss's tone poem, Thiel Eulenspiegel. Now for one we've played before in our episode called Enchanted Kingdom. In uh, Firebird, Stravinsky turns to the horn's more lyrical side as a mellow greeting in the colorfully turbulent passages of the ballet's finale. Another piece that's appeared in our program before, in our previous episode, actually, the Dvořák Cello Concerto, has some of the finest solo horn lines as well. So first comes a solo. and then a horn trio. Another 
well-known horn solo comes from Wagner's opera Siegfried, the second evening of the great Ring of the Nibelung. This excerpt is the quintessential mountaintop horn call and is included in virtually every audition repertoire of every orchestra for the instrument. This was Siegfried's horn call from Wagner's opera Siegfried, taken from a recording of the, the Ring with the Vienna Philharmonic under Georg Scholti from 1963. And, um, of course, there's this famous horn solo I'm sure you can all recognize. Just in case you were not familiar with this, um, this was Princess Leia's theme from Star Wars. The music is by John Williams. Okay, so this may be too much by now, but I have to finish this section with my beloved Tchaikovsky, who was also a heavy user of the horn and gave some wonderful solos to this instrument. The melodic quality of this tender instrument fits perfectly with Tchaikovsky's anguished musical expression. He constantly turned to the horn when he needed kind of a fragile or brassy mood. Now, in Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 5 and the second movement, we hear 
what's possibly the greatest moment of Horn bliss. It is one of his most mesmerizing melodies in general and written for none other than the horn. Uh, well, this is for me one of the most beautiful moments in all music. Just pure emotion here. Um, this is taken from a very fresh, full recording of the Tchaikovsky Five with the Berlin Philharmonic under their new chief conductor, Kirill Petrenko, from 2020. And while I'm still trying to figure out whether it's a must-have, I mean, the recording in general, it is surely worth a listen or two. Now, I personally find that the horn is also one of the instruments that is the most common to go wrong. Even in performances of the world's greatest orchestras. And these fails are usually very distinct and evident, even to uh, non-professionals. Um, let's hear a solo passage from Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony. And following is a less successful performance of the same piece. Thank you. 
Now, of course, this sort of thing can happen to the best musicians, and I will not name any performance details on these bits. It's only to show what a capricious instrument a horn can be. Now, if we go back to talking about the horn concerto in general, um, it was also somewhat of a thing in the Baroque era. And while these are mostly only known to a very narrow group of concert goers, there are some wonderful examples in the genre um, if one goes deeper into exploring it. Um, late 18th century Bohemian composer Francesco Antonio Rosetti um, composed several solo and double horn concertos. This was our contemporary Czech horn player Radek Baborak playing the third movement of Rossetti's E-flat major horn concerto with the Prague Chamber Orchestra. Now, it is possible that Rossetti's music had inspired uh, Mozart for his horn concertos. Mozart had composed four concertos for the horn and orchestra, 
between 1783 and 1791, and uh, they were all for his childhood friend Josef Leutgeb. He was also a part-time composer and uh, seems to have also composed a few horn concertos of his own, but these are currently considered uh, lost. Our um, recommended recording for today features all four Mozart horn concertos and lists them as numbers one to four. However, with Mozart, it is never that easy to distinguish a clear chronological order and scientists are still arguing about these things. So what is called here Horn Concerto number 1 and bears Köchel catalog number 412 emanates from Vienna in 1791. It plays only around eight and a half minutes and it's light and cheerful for many years, it was considered to be the composer's first venture into a horn concerto, but uh, later studies have proven that it was, in fact, the fourth to be composed. Here's the lively second movement um, from our recommended recording.
second on the recording, the concerto bearing the Kirchel catalog number 417, was composed in Vienna and completed on uh, 27th of May, 1783, according to the autograph score. This was the first concerto which was composed for the soloist Josef Leutgeb. The first page of Mozart's score bears an inscription. Wolfgang Amade Mozart hat sich über den Leitgeb Esel, Ochs und Narr erbarmt. I will translate. Wolfgang Amade Mozart has taken pity on Leutgeb, ass, ox and fool in Vienna on 27th of May, 1783. Sounds very much like the jolly, joking Mozart he's portrayed in uh, so much literature. The opening movement is highly attractive and very demanding for the soloist. The second is song-like in three verses, followed by a witty, happy, and cheeky rondo in hunting matter. Again, since they're so short, I will play the entire third movement.
the opening phrase and main theme um, of this movement is also such a practice speech. Heard it hundreds of times and still find it lovely, especially when uh, very well played. Um, concerto number three, Kirchel 447, was composed in Vienna, presumably in 1787. Um, it's possibly the most mature of the four. The orchestral writing is both richer and darker with the use of clarinets and bassoons. We will again play the finale. It is a lively gallop full of hunting calls and the chase and its hazards. The Köchel 495 Fourth Concerto was composed in Vienna and uh, completed on 26th of June 1786. Here Mozart wrote his autograph score for um, Lloyd Gibb in um, four different colors of ink. It was not a joke, 
but an indication for the soloist in the matter of dynamics and coloristic infliction. Unusually, the first movement exists in three different versions, um, the one in our recording being the standard published edition of 1802. Um, this is the most demanding of these concertos, with a great grand first movement contrasted with a gentle, slower, and um, restrained one, which becomes more agitated and passionate. The uh, finale is one of Mozart's best, a hunting rondo in wonderfully unbuttoned manner. Again, we will play the final movement, but we'll strongly recommend to hear the whole piece, of course. Although it is now over half a century since Dennis Brain died at the early age of 36 on September 1st, 1957, his reputation is never dimmed during the years, so much that he's become a legend. This uh, sad event was a big shock in the music society, 
brain was driving his beautiful TR2 Triumph home to London after performing the Tchaikovsky Symphony No. 6, the Pathétique, with the Philharmonia Orchestra under Eugene Normandy at the Edinburgh Festival. Um, Brain was a noted enthusiast of fast cars and was known to keep Autocar magazine on his stand um, as he played the Mozart concertos from memory uh, during the recording sessions of our album. All in all, although I always say that classical music is a serious matter and listening to it is is a, a job for the soul and mind, I say that this album could also be fun to just play in the background and lift the spirits in the room. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We would be very grateful for likes, shares, comments, and questions. Anything that could make our program better. We will be back with uh, more music soon. And for now, bye-bye.